Hello, and welcome to the Think Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Cuevas. I'm a lover of French Rose coffee, golden doodles, and pump-up music. I believe happiness is something we each create for ourselves and that you are in the driver's seat of your own life. Yep, you. Join me each week as we chat with guests about their personal happiness journeys and dive into practices that you can incorporate into your daily life to help you be, well, happier. so excited. Today is the first episode of the Enneagram series. This is going to be so much fun, you guys. So here's how it's going to work. For the next three episodes, we're going to talk with women who represent each Enneagram type based off of the three Enneagram triads. And if you're just totally lost right now, don't worry. When the conversation actually starts running, I'll explain what triads are, and we'll also do an overview of each type that's represented in the episode. Also, if you want more background on Enneagram, there is a whole Enneagram episode with um, just like all of the details on all of the types. This episode is actually one of the most listened to episodes. Um, And yeah, if you haven't heard it, you should definitely tune in. It aired on April 11th. No, that was a total lie. It aired on April 27th and is called All About Enneagram with Audrey Barnett. So go listen to that if you haven't already. Before we move to today's episode, I want to quickly remind you that doors are about to close, not only on the final private coaching sale of the year, but also on getting a spot in general inside of private coaching inside of 2023. Yes, that is correct. Come October 1st, I will not be accepting any new private clients until the new year. Now, with that being said, I'll still be working with all of my clients who book before then. I just won't be taking on anyone new. So topics that are covered inside of private coaching are always specific to your goals, your desired outcome. But let me give you a couple examples of some common topics. So we're talking things that fall into the life organization category. So that's going to be task prioritization, delegating, meal planning, time management. Another common topic is building routines such as morning, evening, exercise routines. We talk a lot about identifying and reallocating time that you waste or don't use productively during your day. We also talk a lot about creating and optimizing time for yourself. Okay, so that looks like time just to fill yourself back up. So if you are feeling something inside of you that's saying, this could be exactly what I need, or is this what I've been looking for? Send me a DM, let's chat, or just head straight to the link in my Instagram bio to schedule a call with me so we can talk more. So here's the deal. If you are ready to apply or if you just want to read more about private coaching, head to thinkhappyco.com backslash coaching. 
And if you have questions, if you have hesitations, if you're unsure, like I just said a second ago, I would love nothing more than to talk to you, answer your questions, chat about your hesitations, and just help you feel comfortable with moving forward. So, If that is you, slide right on into my DMs. All you have to do is send me a message that says private package and I'll get the ball rolling for us. Um, I'll get that conversation started. Again, for info and to apply, go to thinkhappyco.com backslash coaching. Alrighty, with that being said, let's roll with the first episode of the Enneagram series. Enjoy, you guys. So you guys, we are here with our triad interviews for the Enneagram. I'm so, so, so excited. As a quick reminder, I just want to remind the guests what exactly triads are, right? So the Enneagram has nine different types. And then triads are three different sections of the Enneagram model. So each triad consists of three different types. Triads tell us why we re-words, re- why we react in certain ways to just like things in life. So depending on your source, triads are named a little bit differently, but all the names like really have the same meaning behind them. So for this series, we are going, going to be referring to the triads as the head triad, the gut triad, and the heart triad. Okay. So for today's interview, we have representatives from the gut triad. Whoop, whoop, party, party. The gut triad includes numbers or types eight, nine, and one. So I'm going to give you a quick overview of what this triad is, and then I'm going to introduce you to our wonderful guests. So the most prevalent emotion for this triad is anger. And people who um, fall into this triad, they use their intuition to guide them a lot in making their decisions. And so I just want to be clear, this doesn't mean that people in this triad are just like always walking around so angry. That's just not the case. (laughs) But anyways, these types are driven by the need for independence, both from other people and from the restrictive conditions of their environment. Their responses are very like guttural, if you will. So a strong gut feeling or intuition informs their decision-making and they react almost immediately to their surroundings. So these types want to live with autonomy in a clear-cut world of good and bad, right and wrong, where they can be grounded. And I'm seeing (laughs) nods across the room right now. (laughs) If they feel bad, they usually blame themselves. And when freedoms are restricted, they get angry or sometimes they'll act with resentment or even impatience. And types in the Enneagram gut triad are typically very action-oriented, persistent, and natural leaders, which personally I find very true for the group of women, women who are joining us today. So with that being said, I will introduce our guests to you. We will start with Jordan. So Jordan, welcome to the show. Tell us who you are, um, what your type is, and your wing is. Hi, I'm Jordan. Um, 
I this is my second time on Caitlin's yes. podcast. I'm very excited. Um, I am a professional organizer, and I have done an episode before about that. Um, I am an Enneagram One, and I'm a Wing Nine. Um, do you want me to kind of talk about? Yeah, what? tell yeah, tell us how, what that means, how how it looks in your own life. So Enneagram Ones, we really are big on like right and wrong. And our whole thing is like we want to try to like do things right all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So um, so like a kind of can go towards the side of perfectionist. Is the nickname for ones perfectionist? I think it's the idealist. The idealist. Okay. Yeah. Um, Or one wing nine is the idealist. Okay. Sometimes it is perfectionist, but I think people try to move away from that word because it's got a negative connotation. It does, yeah. Um, But we're also super organized and orderly. And um, yeah, that's kind of the biggest things there along with what I am. (laughs) And you have the perfect career for that. I do. It works very well. Yeah. I get to organize people's houses all the time. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any part of um, your type, so one wing nine, that you don't really resonate as much with? Or does everything you're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much me. Um, I was saying, I was texting with Caitlin earlier that I feel like once I figured out my Enneagram number, I was like, oh, all of these things make sense. (laughs) Like I'm very right or wrong, like very black and white a lot of times. And like when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it just fits. It does. It fits. Yeah. Okay. Next guest, Carly. Hello, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. My first yes. time being on not only Think Happy, but also a podcast period. Oh, so we're so thankful to have you. <laughs> Carly's my neighbor, guys. She's yeah. amazing. We bought the house knowing that Caitlin and I <laughs> Okay, Carly. So tell us a little about you, your type, your wing, what that looks like in your life. Yeah, sure. So, um, hi y'all. My name's Carly. I am an Enneagram eight wing seven. So eight wing sevens, um, are very, or eights in general. I'll start there. Um, without the wing eights are very much, um, into pursuing justice, into, again, similar to what Jordan said, right and wrong, but advocating for what is right and advocating for those who can't necessarily advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. The nickname for an eight is a challenger. Yes. And so um, I often see myself acting as a challenger uh, in good ways and in bad ways. Right. Um, eight wing sevens particularly are um, very practical, but also like to think creatively, um, dream big and can be very idealistic, have Mm -hmm. like rose colored glasses with things. Um, And I'd say, you know, we really do struggle to be um, emotional and vulnerable. Right. um, Which I very much see in my day to day in my life. Um, You asked Jordan, what was something that maybe she didn't attribute to her number of personality trait. And I'd say I was surprised to see the eight wing sevens were creative. That is something (laughs) that I am not. I am very black and white. I see um, things on like a binary uh, scale very often. And so I think that sometimes to be creative, you need to see outside of that. Um, 
So that will be something that I will aspire to. Yes. But okay. So since I'm your friend, I get to say this. I think I view you as a creative person. Thank you. Yes. And so Carly is a type of person who like makes beautiful gift baskets and like she, oh, your, your painting or, um, postcards. yeah, the postcards that she, she makes and stuff like that. And so I think it's interesting that that's something that you don't necessarily see in yourself. That was surprising for you to, to learn about your, your type. That's so interesting. Guys, this stuff is so fun. <laughs> so fun. I need to give a quick shout out to Caitlin with Be Happy because I only started writing postcards and decorating postcards to people because of my one-on-one coaching sessions with Caitlin. Aww. So huge Aww. shout out. It's something that brings me a ton of joy. And they're beautiful. <laughs> I have one that is sitting on my desk. Yeah. Um, Okay, guys. So our Enneagram 9 came down with COVID. So she can't be here with us today, but she did send in some of her responses to what we're going to be talking about. So I'll fill in um, with some of the input that she gave. Her name is Haley. She is an Enneagram 9. Um, And yeah, gosh, here, let me tell you guys just like a short little thing about Enneagram nines. I have to scroll to where it is. So Enneagram types nines, um, they learn that allowing their feelings to build up inside and cause emotional meltdowns can take a mental toll on them rather than voicing their concerns and expressing their emotions about problematic behaviors. Um, For them, expressing and prioritizing their wants is very important. Um, I'll fill in some more of the blanks with nines, you know, as we keep going on. Um, Gosh, I should have been a little bit more prepared, you guys, to tell you guys specifically about nines, but I'm not. They are the peacemakers. They... um, And they're called the peacemakers because they can work with opposing people to hear and understand each side of the story. They're really great um, in resolving conflict. Um, Nines can typically feel mentally exhausted, um, which for Haley, I could see that true. She's an entrepreneur. She has three kiddos. Um, She, I mean, Haley's just a great person. they, they're good in negative situations. However, um, a lot of times it's at their own cost. So I could see definitely Haley being someone like that, like taking that load on for herself. So as we get into some more of these questions that I'll be asking Jordan and Carly, I will fill in some of the blanks with Haley's responses also. Haley, we miss you and we hope that you're feeling better. Okay, you guys. So Let's dive in really to, you know, y'all's triad, the gut triad. So the emotion that's most prevalent for you guys, like we had mentioned, is anger. So I'm curious to hear from you guys how each of you handle feelings of anger, maybe like how that presents itself in your life. Um, Yeah. Carly, do you want to go first? Sure. I'm happy to. Um, I think going back to what I was sharing earlier about eights not really feeling um, emotionally available. Right. Anger is is a huge emotion that I think um, 
we experience a lot, but don't necessarily attribute as an emotion, but rather as a reason. Okay. So feeling like, oh, this is unreasonable, which makes me annoyed. And I'm going to say something about it. Right. Um, so when I feel angry, I will very much talk it out, whether it is um, anger to in response to an activity or an action or anger toward or frustration toward a person. Like I want to talk about it in that moment. Right. Um, and again, I can really be, I can separate my emotion from um, what I am saying. And so it can come off extremely cold when I am saying something. That's so interesting. I will, I'll address it. Mm-hmm. And then I want the other person or whatever it might be to come back and also unemotionally, reasonably talk to me. Right. Um, I'm married to a three. And so that okay. doesn't always happen. Threes are very external, uh, seek validation externally. Mm-hmm. And so that can feel very difficult um, when an external source is having a conversation about something that is uncomfortable. So I've really had to learn to step back and take some time. Um which is not, again, being a part of the gut triad, not something that I am good at. I am very quick um, with how I deal with anger. Right, right. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Um, So I'm a three also. (laughs) Yeah. And so Carly's husband's name is John. And so I could like definitely see how he would feel uncomfortable in in a situation like that, like trying to have a conversation like that. And it's interesting because— that what you just described is how I strive to have conversations. Mm-hmm. Actually, for a while, I had mistyped myself and I thought I was an eight wing seven mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Yeah. So this is all, especially getting to talk to you. It's like very, very interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jordan. So how about for you? Um, so Enneagram ones, typically anger doesn't come out like the same way that it comes out in an eight, um, being, we are also not super emotional. And so it comes out as resentment a lot of times. Um, so for the longest time I thought I just didn't know how to be angry and Mm -hmm. I thought I was never angry, but I can be very resentful. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how it comes out a lot. And I'm also a wing nine, and so it's kind of like suppressed resentment. Okay. A lot of times I try to hold it down and figure it out. And it, like you were talking about with the nines, it kind of explodes yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. There's tears a lot <laughs> is what it comes out. <laughs> we like, can all or, relate to tears. <laughs> um, but that's typically how it comes out with me is it comes out in a lot of like resentment Um it's ones we don't feel comfortable like showing anger a lot because mm-hmm. it gets away from almost that perfectionist right way of being. Um, and so, and it seems on that right and wrong scale, anger, especially this gets into a lot more, but growing up as a female, <laughs> when I did, yeah. anger was seen as like not an emotion you need to show. Right. And so that that's kind of how it comes out with ones is a lot of resentment. And if you are a female, a lot of times it can be shown that you don't show it. Right, right, right. So like your go-to would be like, let me just like 
shove this down, hide it, pretend like it's not there. Yes, until like you can't anymore. Anymore. And, and it just, it, the boiling point Exactly. Is and then it yeah. comes out. But it's a lot of, like I notice a lot of times when I'm starting to like get overwhelmed with things or things are happening, that mm-hmm. resentment starts to like creep in. Yeah. And I keep trying to push it down until it comes out. <laughs> the explosion. <laughs> exactly. And so for nines, I did jump ahead a little bit when I was telling you guys a little bit about nines. Um, So, but specific to nines and anger, um, you know, kind of like Jordan was saying, they allow feelings to just build up inside of them, um, which can lead to these emotional meltdowns or just like take a total physical, mental toll on themselves, um, where maybe it wouldn't if they were able to voice their concerns or express their emotions. Um, but you know, for nines, they find that difficult. Uh, so you guys, while I was preparing for this conversation, I stumbled upon some tips to help, um, people in the gut triad overcome their, like this feeling of anger, right? And so I'm there's like six or seven here. I'm going to read them off and I really want to hear from you guys, you know, if you do any of these in your life, if you just had an aha moment, you know, like tell me your your feelings around this. So some of those tips are physical activity, making a list of possible solutions, stepping away to calm down, writing down your response first, expressing your feelings using I statements, um, thinking about the last time you ate or drank, and then finally realizing that not everything is personal. So Jordan, what are you, what are your thoughts with those? So um, one we actually use in our house all the time. And I use, so I have three children, um, two of which can talk and respond. (laughs) And um, one of which We'll see. He's only five, but he could potentially be an Enneagram one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he he's very yeah perfectionist, but we step away and take deep breaths all the time. Okay. And I've worked with him a lot. He gets angry at his younger brother quite often. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times he'll be like, can I go in my room and listen to a book and take himself away? And we've worked a lot Um, So kind of an aha is like a lot of things I'm teaching my children, I should probably be doing myself. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But if I am with my kids and feel myself like getting upset, I do step away for a moment. And that is like a big one for me. And then the physical activity. Mm -hmm. If I do not work out first thing in the morning, it does not like that sets my day up so well. Like taking a moment, working out first thing in the morning, getting myself centered before everyone else. Yeah really, I think, is a big mm. thing and kind of helps if anger is building up or anything is building up. To yeah, like just like as down. an outlet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about you, Carly? Yeah, so I think um, the last piece that you talked about was not taking things personally. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times um, that's something that I have to remind myself, like, oh my gosh, this is outside of just myself. Like, it's not an attribute that is like, specifically toward me, but rather a situational piece. Right. Um, And so that is something that I very often have to remind myself. Um, And then I loved that you were talking about I statements. Um, 
I'll take a, a short spin on that. And again, I mentioned my husband and I have very different uh, styles of addressing anger and conflict. And so we've really come together to norm at the beginning of any challenging conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a team. And so instead of it being yeah. an I statement, it's more of like, what can we do together as a team? How are we approaching this as one versus, you know, as two separate entities? Yeah. So I love the I statement. And then I just take it one step further and say, especially when you're working with a partner or with your child, y'all are part of a team. Yes. Um, and that's really helped um, us when we talk about, you know, sometimes difficult conversations. I really like that. You know, and and I think what I like so much about it is like, especially with a partner, it helps you feel just the reminder of being a team and that you're not on two separate sides, like um, like headbutting or like right. working against each other. Like the ultimate goal is to come together to work toward a solution together. That's right. And especially as a challenger, like I need to remember, like we are challenging whatever it is together. I am not challenging you. We're working together to move something forward. Right, right. Oh, that's a good one. Well, I think off of that too, that can be really helpful for Enneagram Ones. We're super, Mm. super hard on ourselves. I don't know if eights are the same way. Mm. We are very hard on ourselves. Right. It's almost like remembering like, you yourself are mm-hmm. like, you're in this together. Like you're not trying to battle yourself through everything, mm-hmm. which can happen. Yeah. No, that's an interesting like take on that for sure. I could see that because I think are parts of ones that I resonate with is like definitely the, the being so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that at least for me, taking a step back and looking from a bird's eye view at a situation that helps me personally as a three, which isn't part of y'all's triad, but. <laughs> but yeah, definitely it can. Cause like as a one, my first instinct, if anything goes wrong is like, I'm going to be super hard on myself. This is something that I mm-hmm. did. And yeah. so taking a step back from that, I think can help. Yeah. Which I think, um, I saw nods from you when I was first introducing the triad and <laughs> had touched on some of that. Yes. 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 Okay, so moving right along. So the next thing that we're going to talk about are levels of health. Um, and so if you're familiar with Enneagram, you know, levels of health is a phrase that you're probably, you know, already familiar with. If you're not as as familiar or if you're newer to Enneagram, levels of health, there are three levels when someone is healthy when someone is average, and when someone is unhealthy. So these levels of health are definitely um, mental, not not physically feeling unhealthy. Um, And it just really hits on, you know, like when you're in a great space, this is how you could be reacting. When you're in just kind of like a so-so space, this is how you could be reacting. When you're in a not good, stressed, overwhelmed space, an unhealthy space, you know, this is how you could be reacting. So I'm going to summarize. Um, I can't remember who went first last. So Jordan will go with you first <laughs> this time. I'm going to summarize the levels of health for number ones. Um, and I would just really like to hear, you know, 
like what this looks like actually when you're living it out in your own life. So when level, um, when Enneagram ones are healthy, they're able to let go of the belief that they're in a position to judge anything objectively and are able to approach life without emotionally reacting to it. Um, They also paradoxically achieve their basic desire to have integrity and to be good. So for you and your life, what does that look like? So I think the biggest thing that I've noticed when it's like healthy versus unhealthy, and I think about this as like mentally healthy and unhealthy in Uh terms of like your Enneagram. But the biggest thing when I'm healthy, I am not judgmental at all. Yeah. Um, I worry sometimes that like because of like how structured I am, I can come off as judgmental. But like I in my mind, I am not at all like everyone like is doing their best. Everything is trying. That is like the biggest thing that I notice. Right. When I'm healthy is like other people can make their own decisions. They're all doing great. Um, that kind of thing. And like you said, like being in a healthy place almost makes it easy to like achieve the ultimate desire of an Enneagram one, which is like Mm -hmm. have integrity and be good. It's so easy because you're so like accepting of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Let me briefly interrupt this episode to tell you about one of my new favorite drinks, Drink Basis. Basis was made to replenish electrolytes lost during the day, helping you to feel focused, energized, and relaxed. It comes in individual packets that you just pour straight into your water bottle, shake up, and drink up. My favorite flavor is blackberry lemon, with cran raz coming in as a close second. It's great for pre- and post-exercise, immunity, your skin, and just getting through daily life. I highly recommend you try out Drink Basis. Use code THINKHAPPY at checkout for 20% off your order. That's drinkbasis.com, code THINKHAPPY. I forgot to mention that these levels of health that I'm using for summaries are from the Instagram account. It's called... um, Enneagram and coffee or coffee and Enneagram. It's run by a girl named Sarah Jane. So I did just want to give credit to her for, for her summarizing all of this so beautifully. Um, okay. So back to you, Jordan. So average, it's going to look like for ones, they can become idealistic, focusing on improving everything. Um, may take on the role of crusader or advocate or critic, um, explaining to others how things should be different than they actually are. So yeah, what's that like in your life? So this is when it kind of starts going into like, not only like seeing the difference between right and wrong, but like I'm starting to be right. And you, if you're doing it differently, you might be a little bit wrong. Okay. Okay. It's kind of how that starts. Um, In my life personally, I start to notice this is this is when I start to see like every little thing wrong in my house. Okay. I start to become hyper-focused on making sure my house looks perfect all the time. When I start to do this, this is when I start to know like, okay, I need to take a step back. Doesn't always happen, but this is the start of it. So uh, like a warning signal. But when I start to hyper-focus on something and want it to be perfect, that's when we're starting to move towards when I'm in a healthy space, it's like, okay, well, like this mess, again, I have three kids and a husband. 
they all clean up at various different levels. But, <laughs> but I can like let things go. And I'm like, it's okay if this isn't put in the exact right bin. When I start wanting to like reset the playroom, like, okay, we're we're getting in a place where like, okay, I need to take a step back. Um, right. But I start going into hyper-focusing. Okay. Okay. Super interesting. Now for unhealthy, Jordan's laughing. <laughs> for unhealthy. Okay can be self-righteous, intolerant, and inflexible, views the world in black and white, right and wrong, with the idea that they alone know what's true, and they are increasingly judgmental while rationalizing, say that three times fast, their own actions. So, like I said at the beginning, the first one is like super judgmental. I mean, I remember when I just had one kid, it being really judgmental of someone giving their kids screen time. (laughs) But I was like, but I only do it at this certain time. So it's fine. Who knows when they, I think of someone on Instagram, like I don't know them. Yeah. That I would get really judgmental about that. Um, The other one that like really resonates is when I become intolerant and inflexible. So I was laughing Uh, because I could feel it. As I said, I'm, (laughs) we're in a space right now in our house. And uh, This morning, I had texted my husband. He was at Astros game last night. And I was like, hey, I need you to be downstairs by 7. It's when the kids get up. Mm-hmm. 7.01, 7.02. Oh, no. And I notice when I am like 7 o'clock means 7 o'clock. I need you down here. That is like when I am not and I'm not flexible. Like I have no idea when he got in last night. Like I know yeah. nothing. Apparently, something's wrong with his car. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I did not care in that moment. I was like, I said 7 o'clock. Yeah. And he will come down at like 7.02 sometimes. I'm like, I said 7 o'clock. I just, You're late. So <laughs> that is like, I become very inflexible. And I'm like, if I said this, this is what needs to happen. And right. I notice it like mainly like with my husband or my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I notice I'll get frustrated with them for things that when I'm in a great space, I don't care about. But like all of a sudden, like you went and got something else and didn't put your shoes on. Why did you go do something else? And Instead of putting your Instead shoes of, on. I asked yeah. you to put your shoes on. Why didn't you put your shoes on? It's easy to put your shoes on. Yeah. It's not so easy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the biggest thing that I notice is that like inflexibility when I become super, super rigid and like things have to be done the certain way. I'm one of those people where like when I'm in this space, my house is spotless. Yeah. Because I can only like I don't take time to sit down and like rest like I should do. No, I make sure everything is spotless and this is how it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Okay, Carly. So for eight, a healthy eight, um, they release the idea that they have to be in control of their environment. They let down their walls and begin to heal their hearts and their inner child. Through this, they achieve their basic desire of protecting themselves. They lean into being merciful and self-confident, often becoming historically great. You're historically great to me. Oh my gosh, thank you. I was going to start with saying I very much realize I often do not play in this healthy space. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, this is really interesting to me because there have been a lot of... um, gentle reminders that I try to give myself around that I cannot control everything. Right. Um, So it sounds very similar to a one almost um, in the idea that I can control my reactions, often anger. (laughs) I can control my reactions, but I cannot control certain pieces um, of my environment. Um, So that was just interesting that that was the first sentence that you read off. Right. It relates to a healthy eight. Um, 
I also think, you know, I've been doing a lot of work on uh, healing my past traumas. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that's really interesting to consider. It has been uh, healthy for me to do that. I think it's probably healthy for all Enneagrams and that person. Yes, agreed. (laughs) Um, Hint, hint. But because I don't like to play in like the emotional space very often, um, it it really has helped me to come to terms with some pieces of my life or some emotions of my life that like I might have tucked away otherwise. Um, So that's, that's very interesting. And then I think the closing thought here is, and this might be true for all people, all Enneagrams, is just that, um, when you give mercy and um, grace to yourself, it's so much easier to give it to other people. And so that closing sentence that you were sharing about um, they lean into being merciful and self-confident, I think mm-hmm. like, you know, it's so much easier when you give grace to yourself to give grace to others. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I can absolutely uh, resonate with that. <sighs> Amazing. Okay. So average, mm-hmm. um, we're talking, you know, Eights are going to feel feel like they guard their feelings and their weaknesses while seeking to still be efficient mm-hmm. um, and succinct to make the most of their time. Uh, they may deny their physical and emotional needs while working hard to be the provider and maintain a high level of performance. Yes, I think I am very average then after <laughs> I think that that is where I live um I do efficiency and succinctness is something that I um very often I think um if if someone was described to describe me that those would be words that they would use um I think with eights it comes across eights can be very blunt and very to the point and so I think that as we talk about Enneagram eights, um, the reason why they're blunt and to the point is because they do value, we do value efficiency and succinctness. Right. Um, but the way that that uh, can sometimes come off to others can be harsh or blunt, mm-hmm. um, which is very difficult. And then <laughs> that piece where you said they may deny their physical or emotional needs. Hello. Yes, that is me. Um, I promise I don't sound this nasally all the time. <laughs> I am sick because I have done just that. I've ignored my physical and emotional needs. Um, at work right now, we're going through just a busy season and, you know, being a high performer is really important to me. And so because of that, I am letting other pieces of my life, um, kind of, uh, fall to the wayside. So right. that's really interesting. Yeah. And I think, hello, my name is Carly and I am average. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you're not unhealthy, which is good. Here's unhealthy. <laughs> They're desperate to protect themselves from potential or real threats. They attack potential enemies before they can be threatened. They cross boundaries and lose touch with risk of physical pain and injury. Yes. So I think that this really comes, I mean, um, if we're reframing or we're talking about anger as our core emotion, I can see myself um, very often when I am unhealthy, Mm -hmm. um, getting angry and using words to attack ahead of any other part of the conversation. Right. So that looks like instead of I statements, you statements, it looks like something that might, you know, um, 
really hit that person where I know that it's going to hurt, right? Yeah. Like I am not proud of that, of course, but um, it really is like saying you statements before right. the conversation can even get started, being very, um, very reactive, mm-hmm. which is gut, right? Yeah. Um, so I can absolutely, yeah, understand yeah. that is what it would look like as unhealthy. Right, right. Thank you. Um, Okay, guys. So Haley has some thoughts on these also. So for Enneagram 9s in a healthy place, they release the idea that their presence and participation doesn't matter. They truly connect with themselves and with others, allowing themselves to be impacted by the world around them. Through this, they actually achieve their core desire for inner peace, becoming truly serene and present. So Haley says that um, in her life, this looks like, you know, no qualms about speaking her mind and or a voice of reason between family and friends, naturally being empathetic to all parties. um, People are drawn to seek her out as a shoulder to cry on. Um, Jordan knows Haley also. Yes, I I do. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Same. Um, Okay. So for an average uh, or when Enneagram nines are, you know, falling into this average level of health, they fear change that could disrupt their peace of mind. They attempt to avoid disruption through comforting routines and the ability to tune out problems. They sweep their problems under the rug and express indifference to issues they may need to face. So for Haley, this looks like, you know, status quo, of, you know, quote unquote, going with the flow in any situation and just being complacent regardless of the scene. Um, So an unhealthy Enneagram nine, they're going to, they may feel incapable of facing their problems, completely separating themselves from their conflicts. They may defend the idea that everything is okay and even resist all efforts to confront their problems. So for Haley, this looks like becoming reclusive and anxious, um, not speaking up due to fear of being opposed. Um, She disappears into her home and becomes kind of sloth-like, she says. So she becomes lazy, um, finding comfort in comfy clothes, TV, and junk food. That's really interesting. Very interesting stuff. Um, Any... Thoughts about levels of health before we move to the next stuff? This has been really eye-opening. I found it interesting, Carly, when you were talking about the unhealthy part is when the anger comes out. Because as I was thinking about it, I was like, it's totally when I start to feel super resentful and it goes into like stuff in the environment I can't control. Mm -hmm. I'm a little more accepting that I can't control it, but I just, you know, hold on to all the resentment. But that's when all the unhealthy basically behaviors happen Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. when that resentment starts to build up even more before the explosion. Yeah. That's really interesting. And then I, what, um, kind of something that I was reflecting on after I shared the healthy piece was eights in times of extreme health really sway or go toward, um, characteristics of a two, which is a helper. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, talking about granting mercy and being helpful, right. I think are like go hand in hand. And so I think that that is very interesting to pick up on. It's just when you're very healthy, um, you know, where does your Enneagram, and this would be a challenge 
to all listeners, like when you're very healthy, where does your Enneagram go toward? What does mm-hmm. that look like? And how do you continue to pursue that and exemplify that and what you do? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So this next part, I mean, I think is going to be kind of fun. So I have a couple of scenarios that I'm going to present to you guys. And I would just love to hear um, your thoughts on them. So the first one is um, pretty easy. Just give us an overview of your perfect day. Carly, you want to start? <laughs> well, yes. My perfect day is a day that is planned. Yes. Uh, which I think <laughs> is so funny because it's a day that I can control, right? Yeah. Um, so I think I would love um, if the morning was reading a book, spending time with my dogs. Um, those are pieces that I don't see necessarily attributable to my Enneagram number necessarily, but definitely plays into like healthy just healthy actions as a human being. Um, and then my last half of the day will be going to work. I <laughs> love my job. Um, one thing that I didn't say when I introduced myself, I work at a nonprofit, um, which Enneagram 8s, and particularly Enneagram 8s with wings of 7, do often work in social services or um, social responsibility in some way. Um, and I love what I do. And I think it goes toward eights often feel, um, feel that they're doing their best when they are achieving high performance, um, when they are advocating on Mm -hmm. behalf of others, again, plays into that justice piece there. Um, and so I'd say my second half is just going to work. Yeah. Maybe after work, spending time with my husband, um, which again, is just like a healthy, healthy thing for a person to do. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jordan? Um, so my day would also be very planned. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of the control, but also like I just like when things are laid out, they're planned, they're well organized. Um, honestly, I think my day would start very early in the morning. Yeah. Um, I love, with your workout. With my workout. I love waking <laughs> up. I love working out. Um, I've been really into yoga recently, which is very not me, mm-hmm. but I really like it. Just like the calming aspect of it. Um, so wake up, do a workout. Uh this is part of what I do every day, but I wake up, do a workout and I have my coffee and I read a book. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I start my day every day. And I think that would That continue. sounds amazing. Um, then, I mean, I guess I'll still get my kids ready for school. I would take them to school and have them taken care of all day. Not yeah. by me. Yes. Um, <laughs> I love them, but they are not part of my entire day. <laughs> um, and then, honestly, I would probably organize my own house. <laughs> so I would still work, but in my own house, get everything organized. Um, and then, yeah, pick up my kids and play with them and just everyone in a good mood, everyone having napped well. Yeah. Um, I do like to cook dinner. Um, it doesn't really happen all the time right now. Um, and it's very quick and easy, but I do like that. I like eating meals that I've made at home. We'd all eat dinner together. Put everyone down and then hang out with my husband. Oh, both of these days sound so great. Haley shared hers. Hers is brunch or coffee with her husband, uh, Manny Petty with close friends, lunch and afternoon playing time with the kids, no bickering, just smiles. Yeah. <laughs> and then a date night with her husband and friends, but we have to get home early <laughs> because she wants to be able to tuck her kids in. Um, just simple, a simple and easy day. And all three of you really outlined like a simple, regular type of day, which I think is so interesting. Um, 
that all three of you outlined something like that, that isn't just like this totally like, oh, well, my perfect day is going to be, you know, well, I'm in Italy and I'm drinking (laughs) wine all day or, you know, something like that. It's just like a perfect regular day. I really like that. Um, Okay. Next one, Jordan, you go first. How do you handle last minute changes of plans? Um, So this is something that's very different, whether I'm in a healthy space or unhealthy space. Um, I'm also a former teacher and I feel like that kind of helped me handle changes in plans mm-hmm. very easily. Um, so I've gotten better at it. If I'm in an unhealthy space, it does not go well. Right. Uh, but if I am, I can like go with the flow, make it work, change what I'm doing, um, and make it work seamlessly. Yeah. What about you, Carly? Um, I don't handle change. <laughs> I prefer not to. Thank you. Um, when Jordan was talking previously, even about the time piece, right? Of I said seven o'clock and it's seven oh two, like change or even just like minor flexes to the plan mm-hmm. um, are very difficult. And as an Enneagram 8 challenger, I have no problem saying, no, 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 we said this is the plan. Right. What happened? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's going to be a place, again, moving toward away from average to healthy. That'll be a place that I will continue to work on it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for Haley, she says um, that she has learned to cope over the years, but it used to send her into a very unhealthy state. So crying, pouting, wallowing, she would freeze and be unable to, like, move just when presented with a change of plans. Now she gives herself a minute or two to pout and then she tries to find the silver lining. Um, Okay. Last one for these scenarios. What is something that gets you excited or happy that might seem strange to someone else? Carly, tell us a little about that. Uh, I think that something that (laughs) gets me really excited and happy, and I don't know where this comes from, is I like to stay busy with activities where I am helping almost to the point where like I'm constantly stressed. So like that's where I think that it is like weird. Like um, over the weekend, we housed two dogs that were looking for a place to stay. And then I was working with my team, getting them all hooked up on our um, company retreat. And then Thursday came around, found a new dog that was following our mail person. Yeah. Housed that dog. Then oh my gosh, when, you are a saint. So all of these things, right. And like I was internally living kind of in this like space of like internal stress, mm-hmm. but I I think that I seek out those activities or like those moments of stress because it's what allows me to thrive. And then last final piece of a thought here, which is, well, hopefully I have more thoughts than one, but (laughs) um, last piece there is just, you know, as an Enneagram eight moving toward like that healthy um, mindset that um, Enneagram and coffee had laid out from their Instagram is I think that I probably do live in this like place of like helpfulness Mm -hmm. that provides Mm -hmm. inner stress because I don't want to sit with like my inner emotions, right? Like eights don't like to process emotions. And so if I am constantly moving, constantly Mm -hmm. going, like that feels really good to me because then I'm not processing emotions, but it also halts me and not being able to achieve like that healthy status. What about you, Jordan? Um, So, I mean, 
probably have two answers to this question. I mean, the first one would be like a beautifully organized pantry that yes. people don't care. Um, I do, in fact, line up all of my snacks when I have the time. I love it. Because I love it and it makes me so happy. And yes, yeah. the kids go in and grab one, but they are actually getting better and they don't mess up all my organization. Mm, I love that for you. Um, but I think the second one, it's kind of like what Carly was just saying, but I love when a day goes perfectly as planned. Mm-hmm. My day, in fact, does not have to be like like every second. I don't have to be busy. Like maybe part of the plan is like a rest something. Mm-hmm. But I love when a day goes exactly as my calendar says. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for Haley, she says, a resolution to conflict and very comfy clothes. Mm-hmm. I love. Oh, and hot tamales, the candy. <laughs> Ooh, oh, no. <laughs> not my favorite. Ones are not about hot tamales. <laughs> I do like hot tamale. I also Eights like, are. <laughs> I also like, which is weird, good and plenties. Which is what like, are those? They're like black licorice. Oh. oh. Also, no. Yes. I'm not going to Jordan, I'm with you. This situation. I'm with you on this. On but, both the hot tamales and the good and plenties. Yeah. I don't know what my candy, I don't eat a lot of candy. <laughs> I don't either, but right now I have been eating so many M&Ms, so many M&Ms. I went to the store to try to big buy um, like one of the like bigger bags of them and all they had was the party size. And I was like, well, shoot, I can't get the party size, yes, you can. <laughs> but I think I should have because. I bought like the individual like little paper bags of them uh-huh. and it's just not cutting it. It's just not cutting it. Yeah. I'm more of like a cupcake person. When I was pregnant with my second, um, I would go get four chocolate gluten-free cupcakes from Crave Oh, for me and my two and a half year old to eat together who he also does not like sugary stuff. So he would take like one bite and I'd be like, well, I have to finish it. And then I would eat the rest throughout the week. (coughs) I love that. That sounds delicious. It was great. Okay, you guys. So as we wrap up, my favorite question that I have to ask you guys is if you have a happiness or like life hack that you use in your own life that listeners might want to incorporate into their own. Jordan, you want to take us off? Um, I mean, I think it goes into things that make me happy, but I think planning your day out, I think it just helps everything go so much smoother, even if you have to shift things around because not every day goes perfectly as planned. Mm -hmm. I personally like to do it on my computer so I can literally move a block over to another Mm. time if the plan changes so then it still looks perfect. Yep. Yep. That's the one coming out. Yes. What about you, Carly? Uh, I, I too, love a good calendar. <laughs> love a good calendar blocking situation. Um, so I second what Jordan says. I also uh, will go back to, I think I have really become a lot happier as I've changed my mindset around like team versus individual. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just encourage, you know, all of us are a team, whether we know it or not, the person who's in front of you in traffic, who's acting like a total imbecile is also (laughs) a team member in trying to get to one place at one time in a safe way. Right. So just reframing like, and this is tough for eights, but reframing like your mindset from like an individualistic mindset to, um, a team mindset. Also another thing that eights do, idealistic. I totally get that. Yeah. But really just reframing um, that we are team, um, whether it is your husband, your kids, 
the person on the side of the street, whatever yeah. it might look like. What a good reframe. That's a really good reframe. Well, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. What a great so conversation. Fun. What a great conversation. And you guys, I just hope that you enjoyed this episode. I'm sure that you did. I'm sure that you definitely had a few nuggets that you took away, whether you fall into the gut triad, if your partner does, if you have friends, family members that do. Um, I'm sure you took a, a thing or two away from this. So just thank you so much for being part of the Think Happy community. And don't forget to share this episode with your favorite eight, nine, or one. And I will be next back next week with another episode of the Think Happy podcast. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Think Happy Podcast. If you just can't get enough, find me on Instagram at thinkhappy underscore co, that's C-O, and online at thinkhappyco.com. See you next week.